This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. WABC New York and 107.1 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Tuesday, March 21st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Beautiful day on the way. Sunshine, high 61, the First full day of spring. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And it's going to feel like spring tonight, overnight, clear, low 42, and then tomorrow clouds, high 58. If you are walking out the door with us right now, and so happy you are, it is 38 and clear. So much to get to on this Tuesday morning. Have to give you an update on this fascinating story I was telling you yesterday about this woman that uh, I was out dog walking the dog on. Hey, Phil, can you turn that down? That's just totally distracting. Thanks. So um, the I was walking the dog on um, in the park on Sunday, and this woman who I know who also walks her dog. Now I don't know her well. I don't know her name. I just know her by face. But she um, she runs over to me and she hands me my phone, and I had dropped it somewhere, and I couldn't have been more thankful, of course, that she found my phone. I didn't even know it was missing. And she sort of stood there for a while, kind of staring at me. And then I realized that she was waiting for me to give her some sort of reward, which I thought was just completely bizarre because I thought the reward enough was that she was giving me back my phone. But apparently not. So anyway, I told that story yesterday. And then, of course, uh, my wife doesn't listen to the show. I love her very much. But, you know, she's heard me do a radio for enough years. She doesn't need to get up at 5 in the morning to hear me. But somebody who does, who knows her, then goes and tells her this story that she heard me tell. And I hadn't even told my wife that I had lost my phone. So now I get home and my wife gives me a lecture. You know, maybe the woman needs money. You know, we live in this urban environment. There's people who have money, people who don't have money. If you see her again, you know, offer her the money and see if she takes it. And if she does, you'll know she needs the money. So now I guess I need to be the world's ATM. You know, if she doesn't have money, I have to give it to her. So I said, okay, fine. So how weird is this? Last night, I always walk the dog before I go to bed at night. So I'm walking the dog last night. I run into her. So I thank her again for the phone. And then I said, hey, you know what? I want I didn't want to, but my wife asked me to do this. She said, I said, I want to give you a reward for finding my phone. I mean, she found my phone 30 seconds after I lost it. But okay. And she took it. So I guess she needed the money. And you're probably wondering, how much did I give her? I gave her 20 bucks, which seemed like a lot of money to me to give somebody for finding my phone. But okay. So she's 20 bucks wealthier. I guess she needed the money. 
All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Will Donald Trump be indicted today? Cops try to figure out what triggered a deadly crash in Brooklyn. Car wash owners in Brooklyn are being warned about charging too much. A Princeton High School principal off the job and nobody knows why. And one Long Island police department is using some James Bond-like techniques to catch criminals. All right, let's get into it at 5.03. Former President Trump had told us over the weekend that he's preparing to be arrested here in the city today. Not clear really when and if this is going to ever happen. Former president is only going to be arrested if he's indicted, of course, by a Manhattan grand jury involved in this hush money payment to adult film star actress Stormy Daniels. A witness in the former President Trump Stormy Daniels case says the key witness against Trump, who is Michael Cohen, is a liar. So yesterday, Bob Costello, a longtime legal advisor to former President Trump and who worked with Michael Cohen, went before this grand jury to say the evidence you heard from Michael Cohen is nonsense because he's a longtime liar. I've listened to Michael Cohen stand in front of the courthouse and say things that are directly contrary to what he said to us. My obligation is to bring the truth to both the district attorney and to Trump's lawyers. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, all right. So this is a convoluted story of money changing hands. Uh, the Democratic Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, weighing whether to charge Trump for breaking campaign donation laws. Bob Costello gives his account of what took place. Michael Cohn told us that he was approached by Stormy Daniels' lawyer, and Stormy Daniels had negative information that she wanted to put in a lawsuit against Trump. So Michael Cohn decided on his own, that's what he told us, to see if he could take care of this. So Costello says the DA, uh, Alvin Bragg, cherry-picked the evidence that Trump handed over, which included emails supplied to their office, and that Cohen uh, is just out for revenge. You think a guy whose mindset right at that moment is a lie, cheat, steal, shoot somebody, whatever it takes, I'm not going to jail. Well, he went to jail. And now he's on the revenge tour. Okay, so the question here is, did Costello poke enough holes in the DA's case that they won't come back with an indictment? We don't know. Cohen, Michael Cohen, went on MSNBC yesterday to fire back at Costello. Bob Costello, if he was any more imaginary in the statements that are coming out of his mouth, he'd be a number one New York Times bestselling fiction author. (laughs) Okay, uh, Trump supporters gathering outside Trump Tower. Uh, ahead of a potential indictment. Again, it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. The NYPD is very mobile. There'll be teams out there where they can get hundreds of cops on the scene instantaneously. Of course, the NYPD getting ready for this. That's retired NYPD Chief Terry Monahan says the department working with other agencies to prepare for anything that might come over the next couple of days. There are currently hundreds of cops that are out on patrol specifically to respond to any demonstration, whether it's pro-Trump, anti-Trump. Yeah, the NYPD is always all over this. Robert Boyce agrees. He's the NYPD former head of detectives. And he says, you know, they go through all these different plans of what could take place. It may not happen, but the probability probability is it will happen. And we wouldn't be going through these machinations if there weren't. It wasn't going to happen. I don't believe that we'll see anything like January 6th. The hardest job here is is to keep the uh, pro-Trump people and the anti-Trump people apart. Yeah, so the barricades are up down in lower Manhattan. They have been up since early yesterday morning. We're monitoring comments on social media. NYPD is doing their normal role of making sure that uh, there are there's no inappropriate actions in the city.
Last night, Republicans rallying outside the courthouse. We want President Trump to know that he has our support. We stand behind him. We want to show that conservatives can still come out in a deep blue city and protest peacefully. Yeah, so if he is arrested, and the word if is very important here, Trump made, what's that? Oh, so Sid Rosenberg says he's not going to be arrested. You have on good uh, word. So, all right, we'll say we'll go with what Sid has to say. But if he is arrested, Trump may not even be handcuffed. He would be read his Miranda rights, booked and then arraigned. You might get a mug shot. All this, of course, up in the air. This is all uh, assuming that he's indicted by this grand jury, which just has not happened yet. WABC News Time 509. More than 100 firefighters battling a massive blaze at a church in New Jersey overnight. Let's get the latest now live from WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. The fire erupted at 6 p.m. Monday at the Fountain of Life Center in Florence Township, about 30 miles northeast of Philadelphia. At its peak, the fire reached eight alarms. Robert Tharp, Fire District Administrator, administrator excuse me, for the Florence Township Fire Department, told reporters that crews from across South Jersey assisted in putting out the fire. So far, no injuries have been reported. One of the congregants, Luke, Lisa De Lucia, spoke to Philly's local ABC affiliate. Pastor Russ has said multiple times um, this is just a building, and we're the church. So the building can burn, right? But we're the church, and so the building doesn't matter. Fire officials say the blaze may have originated in the church's sanctuary. The cause is still under investigation. Here's Pastor Matthew Bodwin. It's incredibly tragic. This is my entire life, and uh, the community here and it really means everything to me. So it's, it, it's incredibly tragic, but the crazy thing is, thank God that, again, the school is not touched um, and the fire departments are doing an amazing job. Pastors say Sunday services will be held in the back area of the property that was spared by the fire. I heard they're still pouring water on this, of course, even this morning. Any word of what might have ignited this whole thing? There was reports that the uh, that there was work being done on the HVAC system in the church, but there's no word on whether or not that was linked to the fire. The cause is still under investigation. All right, WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. WABC News Time 511, two people dead, five injured after a car crashed and then jumped the curb in Bensonhurst. This was yesterday afternoon about 1 o'clock. That guy, he, you know, he was flying. I never see anybody drive so fast in my life. Next thing, I heard like a big explosion. You have to see the video of this. Just crazy. If someone fell asleep, they were on drugs, high, not clear, car just plowing onto the sidewalk. 18th Avenue, speeding through a red light, hit several vehicles and then slammed into a bunch of people. The guy was over speeding at least 50, 60 miles per hour. And for him to, to remove that phone would be speed. He hit a lady and he hit a car and he went to the second phone. The FDNY says there was a total of seven patients, including the two who were killed. Police say one victim is still in critical condition this morning. For other victims, stable condition expected to survive. The sedan came to a stop finally after hitting a bunch of cars, uh, hit, getting onto the sidewalk, hitting people there, and it finally hit a light pole, and that's what stopped the car. I see this guy out of uh, the windshield. He was bleeding. I see the other car. This lady, was her shoulder was out. The guy, they tried to pull him out. He wasn't breathing, so they gave him the heart brush. I ran outside, but it's, it's not much that I could have done to help anybody. It was, it was too late. 
So now police trying to figure out what the heck happened. The driver in custody, cops investigating if that driver was under the influence. At least two NYPD vehicles, we're just getting this in, were set on fire overnight along with a large pile of trash. It happened near 6th Avenue between 27th and 29th Streets. Uh, the fires were extinguished. Uh, nobody around. They're hoping cameras in the air will figure out who set this all on fire. New York authorities still trying to piece together what led to that fiery car crash that killed five kids under the age of 16 over the weekend. This was out in Westchester and Scarsdale. Public safety commissioner there says a 16-year-old who was unlicensed was driving this rented Nissan Rogue off the parkway in Scarsdale. He hit a boulder, then hit a tree, and then the car burst into flames. The theory is it was either distraction or the uh, operator fell asleep. So that's based on a theory, not necessarily on any evidence found at the scene. So five people in all dying of blunt force trauma, a nine-year-old who was sitting in the hatch of the vehicle, the only survivor, police hoping to speak to him to figure out what might have happened here. This was a family that had lived uh, lived in New York but had moved to Derby, Connecticut. We have had some conversations. However, there's uh, a lot of follow-up conversations to be had with the family. Uh, So at this point, I can say that uh, they've been cooperative. So we had heard from uh, the father of the driver yesterday who said they had begged their kid time and again not to get behind the wheel because not only did he have uh, no driver's license, but he had no permit as well. Westchester County Executive George Latimer says authorities want to speak with that survivor. This is an extremely traumatic moment, and and the recuperation of the young boy is is the immediate challenge to make sure that he, at a very young age, he's just seen five members of his family die. This has got to be an impossible situation for him as a young boy. Just awful. Latimer says the uh, car seemed to be doing the speed limit, so it's not that so they're thinking it is maybe the teen driver fell asleep. There were no tire marks from the vehicle on the roadway or any furrowing in the grass, which would indicate that the vehicle did not use any braking or evasive steering. WABC News Time 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Noam Layden. The Knicks last night, they spoiled a career game. Julius Randle with their 140-134 loss at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Randle erupted for a career-high 57 points. But none of his teammates were able to match his energy and route to the loss. The next highest Nick in scoring was Jalen Brunson with his 23. Randall poured in a team record 26 points in the third quarter, bringing the Knicks back into the game. But the all-star forward wasn't able to will his team across the finish line, scoring just five points in the fourth. He spoke following the game on the squandered opportunity for a win. No, I mean, they didn't feel our presence from the beginning. So uh, we gave them confidence in a team like that that can really score the ball. You give them confidence early, you know, they're going to stick around. The Knicks will be back at it tomorrow night in Miami against the Heat. As for the Nets, they're getting set to welcome in the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time tip-off. And now over to college basketball. Rick Pitino has officially been named the new coach at St. John's, returning to the Big East Conference with ambitions, of course, to restore the Red Storm to national prominence. Sources told ESPN that Pitino, who led Iona to the NCAA tournament this season, has agreed to a six-year contract with St. John's. And your NFL offseason keeps trucking along. Yesterday, notable moves include the Houston Texans adding tight end 
Dalton Schultz and running back Devin Singletary, uh, Singletary, while the Buffalo Bills reach an agreement with running back Damian Harris. Sources are also saying that Roger Goodell and NFL owners are expected to finalize a multi-year contract extension for the commissioner. The deal is expected to be signed and sealed at next week's owners meeting in Phoenix. And in Miami, Team Japan wins their World Baseball Classic semifinal against Team Mexico. They'll face Team USA tonight in the final set for a 7 p.m. first pitch. And on the ice tonight... Carolina Hurricanes will pay your Rangers a visit at 7 p.m. The Islanders get set to welcome in the Toronto Maple Leafs at 7.30. And the Devils, they got a 7 p.m. puck drop at home as well against the Minnesota Wild. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Owen. Justin, what happened with Aaron Rodgers? He came out of the darkness. He gave an interview saying he wanted to go to the Jets. Is anything happening with We're, that? No, not, no, no developing news there. So it's uh, dragging along, and he's taking his sweet time. And the Jets are being patient, as they should be, waiting for their man. And uh, we'll see. I mean, we will we will update any, all of it, or everyone, I should say, when we get more news on that. But uh, we have yet to get any. Spring breakers in Florida just beating the living daylights out of each other. We'll get into that story before the morning is out. An American aid worker in Africa has been released today. And one Long Island police department is using some James Bond-like techniques to catch criminals. That and more coming up. But first, 519, a check of Wall Street. Here's Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Financial worries easing on Wall Street this week. Regional bank stocks carried the Dow up 380 points yesterday. The Fed's March meetings begin today. Wall Street looking for another 25 basis point hike. Some economists calling for no rate hike at all. Existing home sales expected to have declined for a 13th consecutive month in February. Current housing market activity at the lowest level since the pandemic. Some economists say home sales have already bottomed out. Nike earnings today. Investors looking for a 4% revenue increase year over year. Nike sales may have benefited from Kanye West's split with Adidas. Meanwhile, Foot Locker says it's expanding its relationship with Nike. Investors waiting for details on how it might affect Nike's outlook. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 521. Yeah, if you go to TikTok, at least my TikTok feed, it's filled with spring breakers beating the living daylights out of each other. Now, that may say more about me than it does the spring breakers that it's in my feed. But apparently there's something really to this spring break violence affecting South Florida so much so that in Miami Beach, they've declared a state of emergency after two deadly shootings involving visitors to the city in the last couple of days. Uh, one of the commissioners there says the curfew and the alcohol ban will be extended to next weekend and next year to save lives they say they've never seen it this bad they're not pulling out guns in the middle of the street and shooting at people it's unfair to our residents and it's even worse for our law enforcement to have to run to those bullets yes spring breakers can continue to party in their hotels after the midnight curfew city leaders are meeting later today to discuss extending the curfew and the alcohol band maybe through the rest of spring break of course every college has a different time and it's an extended spring break down there in southern florida while we're in florida florida senator rick scott not mincing words about the job he says president biden's doing every part of your federal government now the banks the border everything is falling apart we have such a crappy president and nothing there's no accountability right now in federal government 
Florida Republican criticizing Biden for just sitting there while illegal immigrants come across the border. He also said it makes him mad that the Biden administration doesn't care about deadly drugs coming uh, coming across the border. Americans should be frustrated. You should be fed up with their federal government right now to have a completely open southern border. How about some good news? The release of an American aid worker after he was held in West Africa, apparently the result of some hard, grueling work by U.S. diplomats. That's what National Security Council spokesman John Kirby was telling reporters yesterday. There has been a multi-pronged effort dedicated to locating and recovering Jeff, which was spearheaded by our military, our law enforcement, and our intelligence community. Jeffrey Woodock was abducted in Niger back in 2016. The Biden administration announced that he had been released. This was late yesterday. Jeff will be offered the best medical care possible, of course. After a full medical screening, he will be united with his loved ones in the near future. Then give us a lot of details, but they say they were able to figure out who the captors were. They then discussed that with the administration in Niger. There were no concessions made. There were no swaps here. This was just hard, grueling, deliberate work by diplomats and other experts. That's a long time to be held since 2016. There are some new laws now in New York City to address a surge of lithium-ion battery fires. We've told you a lot about this. Mayor Adams signing a series of bills yesterday that ban the sale of unregulated lithium-ion batteries, which includes the assembly of refurbished ones. These are the ones that are causing the most problems. People looking to save money on those batteries for their mopeds and for their electric bikes. But when they go to charge them, there's been a fair amount of times where those batteries explode and then causes fires. The fires were taking place in areas where many of our deliveristas were trying to make a living. It was taking place in shops that had charging locations. Yeah, 200 fires in the city last year alone, they say, were started by these lithium-ion batteries. Something like 40 already this year, two of them fatal. The mayor also announcing a pilot program that will allow e-bikes and e-scooters on park drives and greenways this summer to promote safer use of the devices and promote alternatives to vehicles like cars. You might as well get used to them. They're now part of our movement. Now we must make sure that they incorporate incorporated in our everyday lives in a safe and efficient manner. You know, I find myself dodging those. Maybe you do, too, on the bike lanes because they go much faster than usually the bicyclists do. So not, not only are you watching for the bicyclists when you cross that bike lane, but for somebody who's flying down there on a scooter. Mayor Adams says uh, the lithium battery, ion battery legislation is real and will go into effect very soon. 525 now. Chinese President Xi Jinping was in Russia yesterday for talks, still there with Vladimir Putin. NBC's Janice Mackey has more on the visit. In making this trip now, Xi Jinping is in many ways trying to bolster his credentials uh, as a statesman. Xi's visit is his first to Russia since Putin launched the invasion of Ukraine last year. China's foreign ministry says the visit going to run through tomorrow. The Kremlin says the two leaders discussing strategic cooperation between Russia and China. And that's a number of important bilateral documents that will be signed.
In making this trip now, Xi Jinping is in many ways trying to bolster his credentials uh, as a statesman. Uh, he brokered the recent deal between Saudi Arabia and Iran. The question now is, will he then come up with something similar uh, to reach a settlement in the war in Ukraine? Of course, that the, is debatable. The U.S., of course, watching this very closely. The White House urging China's president to meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky. Because China, quite frankly, we believe, should hear directly from the Ukrainians and not just from the Russians. The uh, two leaders are meeting again today in Moscow. Uh, more from Kirby, who's watching this thing closely. We encouraged President Xi to advocate for this exact essential key point, which must include the withdrawal of Russian forces from sovereign Ukrainian territory. Yeah, there was thought that China was going to play peacemaker in this, but we just don't know if that's taking place. We are just getting started on this Tuesday morning as we work our way up to 6 o'clock and sit in friends in the morning. Before we head out of here at 6 o'clock, tell you about some car wash owners in Brooklyn who are being warned about not charging Jewish members uh, too much money to wash their cars. A Princeton High School, uh, uh, I should say a Princeton High principal off the job and nobody seems to know why. Why? And one Long Island Police Department using some James Bond-like techniques to catch criminals. Those stories and more coming up. WABC News Time 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yeah, that's me. 531. Good morning. It is Tuesday, March 21st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Beautiful day on the way. Sunshine, high 62. Tonight, overnight, clear, low 42. And then tomorrow, clouds High 58. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 38 and clear. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour and sit in friends in the morning. Let's head out to Idaho. The state of Idaho could use a firing squad now to execute a man who's on death row. The state Senate passed the measure, which sent it to Republican Governor Brad Little's desk. The firing squad would be a backup method as the state can't get drugs needed to perform a lethal injection. Other states, including Mississippi, Oklahoma, South Carolina, and Utah, all have laws that would potentially allow death by firing squad. However, South Carolina's law is being challenged, and Utah was the last state to kill an inmate by that method back in 2010. I'm Brian Shook. You know, so with the firing squad, isn't it the way it works? There's like three people with guns and one works, the others shoot blanks. Is that still the way it is? Or is it just one guy who's shooting at the person killing them? I'm just throwing it out there. I have no idea. Plastic rocks, they're turning up on a volcanic island off the coast of Brazil, and there's concern about this. Geologists say rocks made of melted plastic intertwined with natural rocks has been found before, but experts say it was a new kind of igneous rock dubbed plastistone formed almost completely from plastic. One geologist calls the discovery new and terrifying at the same time, since it's the first evidence that pollution has reached the Earth's geology. The plastic is 
believed to have come primarily from fishing nets. Reports say typically only 30 to 40 people live on the island and their refuse is carefully recycled and disposed of. I'm Scott Carr. WABC News Time 533, the White House welcoming the cast of the hit Apple TV series Ted Lasso for a discussion on mental health yesterday. Actor Jason Sudeikis spoke uh, during a White House briefing. No matter who you are, no matter where you live, no matter uh, who you voted for, we all probably, I assume, we all know someone who has, uh, or have been that someone ourselves actually, that's struggled, that's felt isolated, that's felt anxious, that has felt alone. Sudeikis plays Lasso, of course, who coaches the fictional AFC Richmond soccer team in England. If you haven't watched the show, it's great. Now streaming its third season, so part of the reason they're there, but also part of the reason to talk about mental health. Please, you know, we encourage everyone, and, and this is a big theme of the show, is like to check in with your, you know, your neighbor, your coworker, your friends, your family, uh, and, and ask how they're doing. And, and listen, sincerely. Let's bring this back home, a story I did not know about, but apparently a problem. New York Attorney General Letitia James issuing a consumer alert urging New Yorkers to be cautious of potential discriminatory pricing at car washes ahead of Passover. Apparently, in previous years, there have been reports of car wash businesses in predominantly Orthodox Jewish communities in the city raising prices by as much as 50% for Jewish customers seeking cleaning services close to Passover. So if this doesn't all make sense to you, you're not allowed to eat bread and bread products during Passover. So Orthodox Jews will go and make sure that there's no crumbs in their house that are bread crumbs or related to what they call hummets. But um, with um, and that goes for their cars as well. They'll want to do a deep cleaning of their cars. They can't do that. So some companies have advertised specials for car washing services related to Passover, but instead charge higher prices to these customers. So James says she's going to go after those car washes that do stuff along those lines. They say they're looking for them and they will catch them this year. Out to New Jersey. Do you remember this woman, 29-year-old Haijong Shin? She was the 29-year-old who faked that she was a high school student, showed up at New Brunswick High School before um, her birth certificate was discovered as fake. She actually spent, I think, a week in classes, and there were some people who said something seems strange about her. So uh, now she's up on all these charges for having fake documents. And um, she was in court yesterday with her lawyer, Darren Gelber, and he was trying to explain to the court why Shin did this. And he said it was because she longed for the days of high school. Apparently, she had come here from South Korea, had gone to a boarding school. And ever since she had left that boarding school, she missed those days. And so she wanted to recreate them by going back to high school. At no time was any uh, any member of the public or any student in danger. And this entire case is more about um, my client's desire to uh, return to a place of safety and uh, welcoming and uh an environment that she looks back on with with fondness and nothing more. Yeah, I don't know if this is a great spin by a lawyer, but if it's not, it's sad, right? Shin's uh, ruse earned her a grand jury indictment, a third-degree offense for false documents and hindering her own prosecution. Her family sent their New York attorney to her court proceedings along with that attorney you heard there. So it sounds like she comes from a wealthy family. Shin and her attorney are hoping she will be accepted into one of these pre-trial intervention programs and not have to serve time. She has another court appearance in a couple of weeks where I guess 
They'll make that actual decision. Well, let's go out to Princeton, New Jersey. Parents, students at Princeton High demanding to know why a beloved principal was suddenly let go without any warning. Students say Principal Frank Schimmel was in school last Thursday and then gone next this following day. On Friday, wasn't there this week. No explanation. Students holding a rally to demand answers yesterday. Why they pushed him out in the middle of the school year without any warning and traumatizing. Board of Education has not explained why Schimmel was let go. They did put out a statement, though, that says we know that leadership changes during the school year are difficult, but that the board unanimously supported and supports the superintendent in making this difficult decision, which, of course, makes you think, okay, what was going on with this principal? You know, you never think in your lifetime you're going to face this kind of stuff. But at my kid's school... They carted somebody away in handcuffs, and you're like, what? I'm not suggesting that's what's going on here. I don't know what's going on with this principal, but you never know what somebody's up to until they're caught doing something. Again, I don't know that that's the case here. We don't know what's happened to this principal. It made such an impact in the students, and I saw it. We want transparency and accountability from the Board of Ed and Dr. Kelly. We are hearing that the superintendent has already chosen a replacement for him. Yeah, so again, don't know what happened, but uh, students were taking part in this rally as well. I feel like we're all caught in a really weird, awkward place right now because there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of anger. Yeah, so uh, we'll wait and hear what the details are. I mean, some of it's just legal lees they have to get around, I imagine, and then they may be able to tell us the whole story. WABC News Time 540. New York City launching a We Love New York campaign in hopes of fostering civil engagement among residents. Inspired, of course, by the I Love New York slogan, Mayor Adams says the initiative focuses on ways New Yorkers can help improve the city. He says prioritize public safety and support litter cleanup across the city. And we took the I out of I Love New York and we brought the we. We're in this together. You remember the original uh, campaign? There are more ways to love New York than there are lights on Broadway. For package tours and information, call toll-free 1-800-554-3600. Sounds so old now. I love New York. You know why? Because it's open all night. That's Sinatra. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, that's the campaign for the 80s. So they're they're sort of jumping on that a little bit. New York City uh, Service is also launching this digital platform called Spread Love New York. So New Yorkers can sign up for volunteer opportunities. This movement of We Love New York is saying we love each other and we love our country. Only country on the globe where dream is attached to his name. Uh, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul, part of this uh, press conference yesterday. It's not just a slogan. It's not a logo. It's a spirit. It's a spirit that needs to come alive through every one of us and how we treat each other. You can go to nyc.gov, by the way, to find out more about this program. WABC Newstime 542. There is a new way to catch criminals without putting innocent people at risk. Goodbye high-speed chases. Hello GPS darts. Old Westbury police are using these GPS darts that are fired from a police car onto your car that you're chasing. Because, you know, the always the issue is... Do we continue this chase and put other people in danger? Do police back off a car that's fleeing 
and let them get away. So now this is sort of like a James Bond type like thing. It's connected to the front of a police cruiser and they can shoot this dart that has this adhesive on that will stick to the car and then it has a GPS device in it so they can track the car down later. It all sounds very cool. Air powered launcher that shoots out GPS projectiles that stick to the back of the car. The car tries to drive away you just press the remote and you tag it and now you're tracking the car. The uh, Star Chase GPS fires the dart too slowly to hurt any bystanders if they miss, but it's coated with this adhesive. And uh, the police budget for this thing, it costs about $36,000 in Old Westbury to equip all six patrol cars with this dart. You try and compare that to someone being injured in a high-speed pursuit or the liability created. I think it's a modest investment in safety. Yeah, very cool. Uh, We are watching it being uh, tried out, and uh, if it has pretty good aim, and if you can get that car, of course, you can see what's taking place and follow them uh, along with their car chase as they try to get away from you. WABC News Time 543. Let's catch you up on some of the big stories of the morning. Uh, Donald Trump had warned us, the former president, that he might be arrested here in the city. Does not look uh, today. Does not look like that's going to happen yet. Yesterday, uh, one of his uh, team, um, Bob Costello, a one-time legal advisor to Donald Trump, uh, appeared before this grand jury that is discussing this Stormy Daniels payment. And he was there to knock down the testimony that Michael Cohen had given. I've listened to Michael Cohen stand in front of the courthouse and say things that are directly contrary to what he said to us. My obligation is to bring the truth to both the district attorney and to Trump's lawyers. That's exactly what I did. Democratic Manhattan, New York DA Alvin Bragg weighing whether to charge Trump for breaking campaign donation laws. Bob Costello giving his account. Michael Cohn told us that he was approached by Stormy Daniels' lawyer, and Stormy Daniels had negative information that she wanted to put in a lawsuit against Trump. So Michael Cohn decided on his own, that's what he told us, to see if he could take care of this. So Costello says the DA cherry-picked his emails that they supplied to the office and that Cohen has always just been out for revenge. You think a guy whose mindset right at that moment is a lie, cheat, steal, shoot somebody, whatever it takes, I'm not going to jail. Well, he went to jail. And now he's on the revenge tour. Yeah, so Cohen, uh, he went on MSNBC last night to fire back at Costello. Bob Costello. If he was any more imaginary in the statements that are coming out of his mouth, he'd be a number one New York Times bestselling fiction author. So police uh, out in force, uh, just making sure everything stays calm in lower Manhattan outside the courthouse. There are currently hundreds of cops that are out on patrol specifically to respond to any demonstration, whether it's pro-Trump, anti-Trump. And uh, last night, some Republicans, they were rallying outside the courthouse in Lower Manhattan. We want President Trump to know that he has our support. We stand behind him. We want to show that conservatives can still come out in a deep blue city and protest peacefully. So the question, of course, is, is this going to happen? Is it not going to happen? We just, we don't know if he's going to be indicted. If he's arrested, they say Trump uh, may not be handcuffed. He'd be read his Miranda rights and booked before being arraigned. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, you'll hear at 6 o'clock, says, not happening. And he's mad at me that I'm even doing the story. What, what did you tell me yesterday? You told me yesterday he's not getting arrested. All right, well. Oh, okay, now it's maybe next week. Not this week, but maybe next week. All right, either way, we'll be all- Oh, his senior counsel will be on, sit in friends in the morning at 8.40 this morning. So make sure. Sorry? Boris Epstein.
Boris Epstein will be on at 8.40 this morning on Sit and Friends in the Morning, so make sure you tune in then. He'll have the latest from Trump and what might happen in the coming week, so we'll be all over that. All right, let's go over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellen. Thank you, Noam. The Knicks, they spoiled a career game from Julius Randle last night with their 140-134 loss at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Randle did erupt for a career-high 57 points, but none of his teammates were able to match his energy and wrath for the loss. Randle poured in a team-record 26 points in the third quarter, bringing the Knicks back into the game, but the All-Star forward wasn't able to will his team across the finish line, scoring just five points in the fourth. He spoke following the game on the squandered opportunity for a win. No, I mean, they didn't feel our presence you know, from the beginning, so uh, we gave them confidence in a team like that that can really score the ball. You give them confidence early, you know, they're going to stick around. The Knicks will be back at it tomorrow night in Miami against the Heat. As for the Nets, they're getting set to welcome in the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight for 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time tip-off. And Rick Pitino, he is your new head coach at St. John's, returning to the Big East Conference with ambitions, of course, to restore the Red Storm to national prominence. Sources told ESPN that Pitino, who led Iona to the NCAA tournament this season, agreed to his six-year contract with St. John's. And your NFL's offseason keeps trucking along. Yesterday, notable moves included the Houston Texans, adding a tight end Dalton Schultz and running back Devin Singletary. While the Buffalo Bills reached an agreement with running back Damian Harris, sources are also saying that Roger Goodell and NFL owners are expected to finalize a multi-year contract extension for the commissioner. The deal is expected to be signed and sealed at next week's owners' meetings in Phoenix. And looking at the ice hockey action tonight, the Rangers in action at 7 p.m. They welcome in the Carolina Hurricanes. The Islanders are at 7.30 tonight. And they'll be facing the visiting Toronto Maple Leafs and the Devils at 7 p.m. as well, welcoming in the Minnesota Wild. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. All right, let's catch you up on some of the big headlines of the morning. More than 100 firefighters battling a massive fire overnight that reached eight alarms, destroyed a church. This is in Burlington County, New Jersey. A fire began at the Fountain of Life Center around 6 o'clock last night. They're still pouring water on it this morning. The uh, church building is completely destroyed. The area was very difficult uh, uh, for operations. Very large building that had a very large footprint. We also have very limited water supply where we had to go to fill stations to bring water in. Church members racing to the scene to watch it as it burned down. It's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking. I can't imagine those who've been here for 25, 30 years, what their hearts must feel like right now. It's, it's heavy. It's heavy. No confirmation about what started this thing, but there were workers in the building fixing the air conditioning yesterday. The church, which also has a location in Trenton, was large enough to seat up to 3,000 people. This was not a small church, so uh, this morning they'll try to figure out what ignited it all, but sad news is that church has burned down. And we're going to give you an update on those two people dead, five injured after a car crash and then jump the curb. This was in Bensonhurst yesterday afternoon. That guy, he, you know, he was flying. I never see anybody drive so fast in my life. Next thing, I heard like a big explosion. This was about 1 o'clock yesterday along 18th Avenue. There is surveillance video from a store on the street. This car looks to be going like 70 miles an hour. It slams into a couple of cars, then jumps the sidewalk, hits a couple people, finally comes to a rest at a light. The guy was overspeeding at least 50, 60 miles per hour. And for him to, to remove that phone, 
would be speed. He hit a lady, and he hit a car, and he went to the second pole. FDNY says total of seven patients in all, two that were killed. Police say one victim is still in critical condition this morning. Four other victims in stable condition expected to survive. We don't know which ones were actually in the car and which ones were on the street. They did not tell us that. The sedan hitting that light pole, that's the only reason it stopped. I see this guy out of uh, the windshield. He was bleeding. I see the other car. This lady, was her shoulder was out. The guy, they're trying to pull him out. He wasn't breathing, so they give him the heart brush. I ran outside, but it's, it's not much that I could have done to help anybody. It was, it was too late driver is in custody. Cops investigating if they were under the influence. And a story we were getting in as we came onto the air this morning of two NYPD vehicles set on fire along with a large pile of trash. This was the corner of 6th Avenue between 27th and 29th Street. Not exactly clear when this fire was set or who set it. They're hoping, obviously, in this case, surveillance cameras in the area will be able to pick up clear pictures of the person who started this fire. And New York City, or rather, I should say, Westchester authorities still piecing together what led to that fiery crash that killed four kids under 16 over the weekend. The public safety commissioner in Westchester says the 16-year-old who was behind the wheel of this car, it was a rented Nissan Rogue, was um, did not have a driver's license. He didn't even have a permit. He was on the parkway. The car went off the parkway. This was in Scarsdale, hit a boulder, then hit a tree before it burst into flames. The theory is it was either distraction or the uh, operator fell asleep. So that's based on a theory, not necessarily on any evidence found at the scene. So the five died of blunt force trauma. A nine-year-old amazingly was in the hatch of this vehicle, the only survivor. So now police are hoping to talk to him to see if they can figure out what may have taken place. We have had some conversations. However, there's uh, a lot of follow-up conversations to be had with the family. Uh, So at this point, I can say that uh, they've been cooperative. Yesterday, we had tape of the father of the driver who said that they had begged his son not to get behind the wheel because he did not have a permit or a driver's license, but he had totally ignored them. Westchester County Executive George Latimer says authorities want to speak to that sole survivor. This is an extremely traumatic moment, and and the recuperation of the young boy is, is the immediate challenge to make sure that he at a very young age he's just seen five members of his family die this has got to be an impossible situation for him as a young boy they know speed is not a factor so the thought is here the teenager might have just fallen asleep because the accident took place about twelve thirty sunday morning there were no tire marks from the vehicle on the roadway or any furrowing in the grass which would indicate that the vehicle did not use any braking or evasive steering WABC News Time 555. Uh, one Long Island scientist is behind what is an astonishing new dinosaur study, and his findings appear to be huge. Using 3D technology, Stony Brook uh, paleontologist Dr. Drew Moore created a rendering of a dinosaur whose neck 
measured nearly 50 feet. That's, you know, six giraffe necks lined up uh, end to end or about a school bus plus an additional 10 feet. So a pretty big animal. So Dr. Moore spent the last year analyzing three fossils from a dinosaur's neck that were found in China in the 1980s. Just piecing this all together. The fossils were vertebrae from a giant herbivore who roamed the earth over 150 million years ago. The dinosaur believed to have the longest neck of any living creature ever. These are the largest herbivores that have ever existed, and having a long neck allows them to sort of plant themselves in one spot and graze anywhere within that that feeding envelope. Yeah, this is a huge moment for people who love that kind of thing, the dinosaur talk. All you can eat... Stop it. What's that? You stop. What do you want me to stop? They're about to arrest the President of the United States, and we're talking about dinosaurs? You told me they weren't arresting the President of the United States. So uh, that's because I told you that. Ten minutes ago, you said, no, shut up. They're not arresting the President of the United States. So I I I moved on to a dinosaur Smarter than everybody else. I gave you that info yesterday. You did. But you just played along because, you know, if it leave, it bleeds, it leads. So no, that's, that's your job. I, my job as a journalist is I need a couple sources. So, of course, you're a great source. But then I need, like, two other sources, too, to confirm no, the you story. Don't. You just need me. Politics, <laughs> sports, whatever it is. If I come in and I'm right. that cocksure about something, and, yes, right. I can use that word in that uh, example, yeah, careful, then um, you go with it. Okay. Next right. time you're cocksure, I will, uh, I will go, I will go <laughs> yeah. with the story. <laughs> One thing he's always sure of is he's cocksure. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.